Well, hello, everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. We want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Well, it's been a, um, it's been an interesting season for us. We well, are... we've gotten back on the road. Yeah. And that's been very weird after a year off, Hal. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's um, it's been a strange year, and, and that's that's the understatement of the decade. But, um, <laughs> really. But, but you know, you we've know, been to we've been to what about six conferences now? Five five conferences? I can't even keep up. But we've been to yeah. several conferences mm-hmm. this spring. We're traveling again. Things are opening back up again. Yeah. I was kind of surprised at what a shock it was to me. You know, our church has been meeting for a long time. Right. So I didn't realize quite how it affected me, the mm-hmm. fact that so much has been shut down. But you, you remember the first conference we went to this season. Right. That was Teach Them Diligently in Nashville, Tennessee. Which, which is one of the largest in the country. Typically twelve to 15,000 people there. And it was packed. Well, it was it was packed, and yet at the same time, the numbers were a little down from last year. Well, they were significantly down and, from and last year, I and, think. And, and I think that's, that's an interesting thing, because I was talking with the organizer, with uh, David Nunnery, and he said, you know, there was a group of people who said, we are, we are not going to come to this event because you might be requiring us to wear masks. And a number of people who said, we're not coming to this event because everyone might not be wearing masks. And and so there was a drop off, you know, on both sides of that spectrum. But there was a number of, I mean, the people that were there. Well, it felt packed to me. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Because how long has it been since we've been in a crowd? Seriously. And it felt weird. It did. And, and, and it took a little bit of um, getting used to. Right. To have, right. to talk to a bunch of different people. You know, I... By the end of each day, I was wiped. And, and, yep, I, yep. and normally, you know, I love mm-hmm. conferences. I love, love, love what, 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 we, what we do, and I find it very enjoyable. Right. But I just, it seemed way more exhausting than usual, and that's kind of what made me think, mm-hmm. as we talk to parents around the country, mm-hmm. what we're hearing is their kids are struggling with getting back to normal. And, and I'm I'm just seeing it in our local community as well. You know that there's um, uh, our governor in long discussion we won't get into, but our governor recently lifted the statewide mask mandate, and so even in the even in commercial establishments which had been requiring masks, they have now taken down all the signage. They're not requiring it anymore, and yet there's still a large number of people that seem to be in the habit. You know, and I think that there's. Once the pattern gets established, it becomes hard to change it again. And I think that's where we're, what we're going to have to deal with with our young people, that a larger part of their lives, you know, if you're, if you're 50 years old and you take a year out of your life, that's 2%. If you're 10 years old and you took a year out of your life, that's 10% of your life. Right. And so our preteens and our teenagers have seen a significant part of their developmental time disrupted by this whole thing and you know one of the things one of the characteristics that we see very typically with preteens is that they are socially they're awkward to the point of being fearful mm-hmm. that they that there is an anxiety that's just in the best of times that preteens are just naturally very shy and you know uncertain about themselves in social situations well and you know their bodies are changing Right. Which makes them feel 
uncomfortable and awkward, you know, because yeah. they've just, they're different. Yeah. At the same time, their emotions are going crazy from the hormones. Right. And it's easy for the combination of it. And, you know, their intellects are changing. They're able to think more about what other people are thinking than right. they could before. Right. And the combination right. means social stuff is scary. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand that it's scary to everybody. Right. Right. And so social anxiety is a real thing, particularly in the preteens and early teens. But the isolation of the pandemic uh-huh. has exacerbated that to a tremendous degree. Hell, I read some interesting research. Tell me about it. So the C.S. Mott Children's Hospital did a national poll on children's health, mm-hmm. and they looked at a, na- a nationally standard sample, okay? Mm-hmm. And looking at asking parents about the emotional impact right. the pandemic restrictions had on teens, like 13 to 18, mm-hmm. 46%. Mm-hmm. Nearly half of all parents said their children had shown signs of a new or worsening mental health condition. Wow. I mean, that that's outrageous. Half? Wow. New, half? New or worsening. And so mm. that's really startling. Um, three out of four of them, mm-hmm. so 75% of parents said that COVID-19 has had a negative impact on their teens being able to interact with friends. Right. So, folks, you're not alone. It's not just no, your teens. No, no. That, that Three-fourths is... of all parents said their teens are struggling with social interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that's big numbers, Hal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that uh, one out of five boys have experienced new or worsening anxiety since last March, and one out of three girls. You know, th- those... That's not a small subset, and that's not no. a normal percentage. Mm-mm. You know, these are really high numbers that are saying that this isolation has tremendously impacted the vast majority of teenagers. Well, and, you know, one of the things, too, that I, I quote Dr. Gene Twangy frequently talking about Generation Z, the ones who are in high school now and the ones who are in college, and one of the things that she highlights is that they are naturally a naturally fearful group. They're fearful of the uncertainties around them. And, and uh, this is only, this this whole uproar during the pandemic has only made that, that natural tendency worse. Yes. So the question is, okay, we've, we've got these, these young people in our, in our circles, you know, they are, they are struggling. You know, we're struggling, but a lot of us, you know, we have a support network. We have our right. families. We're used to dealing at some remote, removed because of our the way our friendship network is set up and all you know we have coping mechanisms that maybe our preteens and teens didn't yes and so what can we do as parents and advisors to these preteens teens and young adults who are really legitimately struggling at this point i think one thing we can do is let them know that it's normal mm-hmm. that they're not alone that they're not the one kid who is broken Right. And is anxious and worried and and stewing about this stuff. Because I I think that's where their minds tend to go. Right. Well, everybody else is okay, but here I am. I'm just broken. Yeah. And And social media doesn't help that. No, it doesn't. Because they they look at their friends and their friends are posting the curated version. Yeah. You know, the good stuff. Just like they are. Yeah. yeah. Surprise. Surprise. And they're comparing their friend's highlight reel to their blooper reel. Right. And so social media has only made that 
that circumstance even worse. It has. I think one thing we can do is by helping them get together in low-stress situations. Mm-hmm. Inviting a friend over. Mm-hmm. Um, having a small group of friends to do something together. You know, right. like to do a to do some work together or to do a project together. Because when you're doing something, then you keep you can keep your your you have something to look at other than the <laughs> other person. Right. Right. You have something automatic to talk about. Hey, how does this work? You yeah. know? Right. It just it reduces the stress. To go on a hike. Yeah. You know, or to work in an elderly person's yard. To play but, a board game. But to have something with a little bit of structure so so we don't just say, go hang out with your friends. They're not real good at hanging out anymore anyway. Right. And to say, oh, well, just go invent something to talk about. You know. Yeah, they don't know what to talk right. about. And so, because, yeah, they've, yeah, they've been through this isolation where they've only been with people that they feel comfortable with, which is, you know, that's good. Right. But... It means that the scariness of interacting with people they're not so comfortable with has gotten much bigger. Yeah, and I think maybe we we don't always appreciate how isolated they feel compared to us. Because I know one of our one of our young people said, you know, it's been months since I've spoken to somebody that didn't have the same last name as I do. Yeah, in the midst of this last year. And you realize, oh, yeah, I guess that's that may be true. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about because it because this is a child that's you know young enough that. She wasn't making phone calls or getting on Zoom calls or Skype calls, except right. with her siblings or her adult siblings. Thankfully, she has a lot of adult siblings, so it's not like she was not talking to anybody. Right. But still, I, I realized, oh my goodness, I need to find a way for her to inter- interact with her little friends. I think there may be some place, too, for, um, how can we say, in a loving and gentle manner, pushing them out of their comfort zone. Yes. Because I think the isolation has caused a withdrawal that makes them yes. you know, uh, makes them so uneasy that they would rather they'd rather hide in their bunker than take the step out to say, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself out there and, and interact with somebody and uh, and, and, we, I, and I think we need I need we need to reintroduce them to that concept to say, you know what? People are not out there to eat you. Well, we may need, we need to be more proactive than we might would have. Right. Yeah, I know I didn't plan activities for my teens. They plan those activities. They'd say, hey, can we go to a contra dance? Yeah. Can, you know, we're going to have a movie night over at the Julian's or whatever. Yeah. And I'm I'm finding we may need to say, hey, why don't we have a movie night? Right. Right. You know, why don't we do? Why don't we do this? Why don't we go on a hike or something? Because the um, our kids are going through this change. All of them are struggling with what does real life look like. All mm-hmm. of us are struggling. Yeah. What you know? What is yeah. it going to look like to get back to normal life? Right. And even if you even if you didn't take much, you know, we have lots of friends who, you know, they were at low risk. They lived mm-hmm. in rural areas, they, they really didn't conform to a lot of the pandemic changes right. that people in more metro areas have had to. Yes. But still, life has changed for all of us over the past year. Yeah. And, and it just startled me when we were at that conference that I wasn't used to being in a crowd anymore. And it, you know, it, 
I had to think about that. I had to think it through. <laughs> well, I remember the first the first event or two that we went to. We were we were laughing with the other exhibitors in the in the uh, book fair. You know, as we were setting up or breaking down, we're kind of looking at each other, saying, "You know, I've done this." Dozens and dozens of times for years and years. Why am I stumbling around asking myself, what do I do next? Oh, it took it's us like, eight hours to yeah, set up in Nashville. You know, it was, it, was, it was funny because we were all out of practice. Well, and, we're all out of practice. And, well, I tell you, one of the things that really struck me as, as we did these events, you know, even with those people on the edges not attending, you know, with a smaller group that was there, the people that were there, seemed almost desperately thankful. There, oh, they were was, desperate to connect. There was a there was a real you could really tell people were eager to be out and seeing people and doing things again and no longer hiding away. And we well, you know we did one conference mm-hmm. in Texas and mm-hmm. where pretty much nobody was wearing a mask. Right. Versus our state, our governor has kept us pretty locked down in our area. Yeah, until just very recently. Until, so and it was amazing how refreshing it was to see people's faces, mm-hmm. you know, other than our family. Right. But to see right. strangers' faces and how much easier it was to talk to them when you could see their face and you could see their reactions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that that has been part of it, too, that we've all been cut off from these social cues. Well, and, and see, then that's the thing, too, that we need to take into account with our young people, that they are you know, in their levels of normal social awkwardness, they need all the cues they can get. They sure do. And if, if every, you know, if all of their contact outside your family has been masked up, they've got basically eyes and eyebrows. And we'll see. Okay. Now a fellow speaker, I'm not going to say who it was because I don't know if she'd like for me to. All right. We were at a speaker banquet and one of the conferences we spoke at Mm -hmm. and she said, that she realized that she was making very exaggerated facial responses to the speaker. Mm-hmm. You know, that she would look surprised and, you know, make a big surprised face or right. smile with a giant smile. And she realized that she's been exaggerating her facial expression so that people could tell looking at her eyes mm-hmm. what facial expression she had. Right. Now, she wasn't wearing a mask at this banquet. It was in a, a state that is more, that had opened, opened up, up more. Yeah. And she said... She realized that she looked like a maniac. Well, you know, because she was just, making these wild expressions. Right. But she'd had to in order to, to give people the cues they needed. Yeah. And so, yeah, things are kind of messed up. Give your kids grace and help them. Mm-hmm. Help them to make the transition. Suggest doing some things with friends, particularly where they're doing things. And and take the step to to set these up and to lead your young people into it, not just to send them out, but to say, to say, Hey, you know, let's go do this. This is going to be fun. You'll be, you'll be glad you did it and all overcome their anxiety. Because I think as they get back into the routine, they'll, their anxiety will lessen. Well, that's part of dealing with anxiety. How is to have a controlled exposure to the feared thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so part of dealing with anxiety is facing your fear, standing up to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lord will give us the grace and strength. And we need to encourage our kids mm-hmm. that they are not alone, that the Lord is with them, and that mm-hmm. he'll give them the grace and give them the strength to do this. Mm-hmm. And let's help them. They need our help to overcome this. They need 
good healthy suggestions of things to do. They need things to to keep their hands busy, to keep their minds busy when they as they begin to to reconnect. Right. Um, how? Yes. Before we go, I wanted to mention right. that one of the things we came up with during this time yes. is pan is party packs for Craftsman Crate. Okay. A Craftsman Crate is our subscription box that teaches artisanal skills to teens mm-hmm. using real tools and complete kits. Right. All sorts of different things. Um, globe making is the one we're doing this this month. Okay. Um, tin punch. Yeah. Wood burning, all sorts of different things. Right. Well, we put together party packs where people could order several copies of the same kit Uh and have a party where the kids all work on their crate. They can take their crate home with them when they're done. Yeah. And that gives them something to do and something to talk about as they begin to reconnect with their friends. Mm -hmm. I think that's especially helpful for boys. Okay. So where do they go to find these? They go to RaisingRealMen.com. Right. And... They can just hit the shop, mm-hmm. scroll down to subscription boxes, and it's right there. Right there. Just just page through it, and you'll find the yeah, party, party pack. packs. Okay. Yeah. That, well, that's a great option. And so uh, one thing we do encourage you on that. Um, also, just want to encourage you, if you are in within driving distance of Central North Carolina, we are going to be speaking at the North Carolinians for Home Education Conference, the Thrive Conference, next weekend. And if you can't get there, mm-hmm. we're going to be with the doing the online mm-hmm. HAV Home Educators Association of Virginia conference, mm-hmm. the Homeschooling with Confidence yes. Unstoppable Conference. They're calling it, and that's going to be yeah. um, second week in, second week of June, I think June 9th through eleventh. All right, right. That's going to be online, so you can get information. Go to heav dot org. Yeah, I'd love to, to connect. To get information with you. on that. So. All right. Well, and, and it's going to mm-hmm. be a unique. It's not your typical online conference. It's going to be a lot of interactive stuff. That's what I understand. All yeah. right. So we're looking forward to that. Okay, guys, you can find us at RaisingRealMen.com. Mm-hmm. You can find the archives for our podcast at HelenMelanie.com slash radio. And you can also find us and subscribe anywhere that fine podcasts are found at iHeartRadio or Spotify or uh, Apple Apple Podcasts. Anywhere, anywhere. Anywhere you normally find us. So. All right, so until next time, we do thank you for joining us. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Get out there, folks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Alan Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.